Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, Bob Odenkirk is a real nobody. Action dad. Uh, Eric, it is a beautiful day. I have the windows open. I'm almost going blind because of it, because I'm so used to this Matt cave that I'm in every day, just being pure darkness. But I was like, you know what? It was a beautiful weekend here in the greater Toronto area. I have the window open. So if you can hear sounds coming from outside, that's why I'm trying to get some fresh air. And yes, we have some new movies to talk about. You've got a today- shiny chin. I know it's very I'm overly lit because of the sun is directly in my face, but it feels nice to have the breeze coming in through the window and not just be in this dark cave all day. Um, But yes, much like Bob Odenkirk, we are ready to rock. (laughs) As a good dad would say, as today we are. Dad rock. Ilya Neyshuler's Nobody starring Bob Odenkirk, Connie Nielsen, Riza, uh, Christopher Lloyd, and Alexei Sarah Bright. Bryakov, I'm going to say, um, and more. Uh, Eric, do you have your window open? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I mean, it's it's the afternoon on a Monday. We're recording this. I have my uh, second cup of coffee next to me. And I got to say, Matt, we've talked about this many times on the regular show, the Untitled Movie Podcast, which you can go listen to right now. Uh, like shameless share, shameless uh, plug. Um, where, you know... As much as the John Wick movies have great action set pieces, undeniably so, um, some of the world building and some of the the sort of violence, in my perspective, in, in my opinion, always came off a little bit childish. Sure. And juvenile a little bit? A little bit juvenile, a little bit, you know, kind of, again, lowest common denominator, like things that you would expect – you know, a teenager out to there where enjoy. I, I, I disagree, but no, 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 no. Hey, and a lot of people do. And I mean, they've made three movies. I think the third one, the first hour of that third movie is phenomenal. And like yeah, even, that knife fight. Fantastic. Oh yeah. Just even him running around New York, like on the horse, just trying to survive. Like, like it's, that's halfway through, right? Yeah. You no. Know, when is the horse fight? I don't know. The horse fight awesome. is amazing. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, like we're, we're talking about this because, you know, in comparison to nobody, which will be, the obvious comparison, because you have one of the or one of the writers, writers. from John Wick, who's also now working on on Falcon, on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Soldier uh, Derek uh, Kolstad. Yeah, Kolstad. Yeah, so that's obviously going to be a point of comparison. But Bob Odenkirk plays Joe Schmo, Joe somebody, you know, regular kind of nine to five dad, who, Hutch, Hutch Mansell, who yes, not to be confused with Clint Mansell, uh, the composer who goes to work at a uh, tool manufacturing company for his father and brother in law. Um, one night, a home invasion kind of uh, sets off a chain reaction of events that reveals that Hutch. There's a lot more going under uh, underneath the uh, that veil of uh, bland dad uh, than one would expect. Uh, there's a lot to do with uh, emasculating sort of the character at first and sort of building to a moment of pure rage and violence that he's unleashing his inner beast. We find out that, you know, through exposition throughout that he is an auditor or used to be an auditor for the army. 
Um, but every time he goes to sort of fill in those backstory beats, he is sort of uh, abruptly interrupted by the death of a character, which is almost like, you know, the character checks out because they're so bored by the exposition. <laughs> Of sort of explaining, okay, well, we have to give this character a reason why he, you know, can kick ass and, you know, yeah. take names and things like that. And I think, like, obviously, the the best scene of this movie is the sort of fight scene that takes place on the bus and sort of how we watch a character kind of, again, escalate from, you know, getting back into the routine, being very sloppy, unprepared, and then you know, really bringing uh, an intensity that you would see, you know, someone like Keanu Reeves or Liam Neeson sort of bring to the table. And again, sort of like the joke of this is that now we're taking not action stars or, you know, uh, well-regarded thespians, but comedic actors and putting them in this kind of scenario. In the John Wick taken format yeah. yeah i think that's a perfect descriptor and um I, I i'm with you where i feel like the movie's very self-aware i think it knows what it is um but it obviously taking from those movies that we've mentioned not even taking from them one of the guys the writer of this movie is a writer of john wick so the direct comparisons there but i kind of like what you brought up when we were first talking about this off air is just like the mundane elements of it and it kicks off right away and i just feel like with the editing and the style of the movie of the repetitiveness of his day-to-day of this guy who used to be a quote-unquote auditor for the army an assassin um and um he just his monday tuesday wednesday and the repetitiveness and it really kind of hits even more right now in the situation that we're in um and just kind of seeing his mundane life of like he's having you know uh, marital issues his son kind of just sees him as this boring dad uh kind of thing and he just kind of going through the motions of getting through each day in his sort of pseudo retirement but having to work this day job at this uh, uh tool factory and i kind of liked how the movie played out like that and i feel like yes he has this backstory it is this john wick-esque like everyone's terrified of this guy but i like that he's kind of lost it because he's become so you know just by the motions like actual dad um so when that first fight sequence in the bus um is really great because it's not your typical john wick like john wick does get beaten up quite a bit or shot or stabbed or whatever but he's always in control or it always feels like he's three steps ahead of everyone else and it's very quick cutting and almost a dance sequence and and the choreography is very smooth and he's killing everyone in one fluid motion and the same can kind of go for uh, Liam Neeson and Taken where this I like with Bob Odenkirk that he's really playing up the dad mode in the sense where yeah there's that moment he needs to unleash that rage but he hasn't done it in so long that he's just kind of sloppy and I like that that kind of plays throughout the whole movie of even though this guy is terrifying and he will fucking kill you um but he the way he goes about it isn't necessarily the same way those other guys would which i think is kind of interesting and and plays into that mundane nature and him finally unleashing this thing that was inside dormant inside of him for so long but is still very much there and i think the movie um 
The music choices are hilarious and weird. Um, uh, I think the movie is obviously very self-aware of what it is. Um, even with, uh, you know, with Christopher Lloyd and RZA, there's a great, I, I like their team up in the last act of the movie. Um, the last act of the movie becomes this kind of home alone kind of trap scenario at the tool factory that I thought was kind of cool. And I don't know, like I, vi- I I was mixed on the movie watching it, but then the more I talked about it with you and the more I thought about it, the more I actually, um, really dug it and it does take a little while to get going but i think the payoff to all of that is is really great and i just love bob odenkirk too so to see him in a role like this i'm i'm 100 down and it plays into his comedic chops too because the movie like i keep mentioning is self-aware and is funny but not in like a winking you know, at the camera uh, every yeah, five seconds yeah it does wink at the camera i think with certain things with like you know camera snap zooms with a music cue or like him wiping the you know days without an accident off and stuff like that but then there's kind of the more subtle stuff of just bob odenkirk being him right and playing with the one of my chewing the scenery favorite moments with him and i don't know if it was you know in the script there was just a moment of like improv but it's a moment when he uh after the home invasion the the day after or the the morning of uh after those events and he's making breakfast for uh his uh daughter and and his son his teenage son and then you know the son's kind of pissed off at him that you know he didn't sort of uh, man up and sort of you know take control of the situation and so he kind of leaves before having scrambled eggs and you see like everybody kind of leave the kitchen and bob odenkirk literally takes the, the the frying pan of eggs and puts it into the uh uh garbage disposal and some of it ends up on the floor and he just Half looks misses, so defeated yeah. by it <laughs> yeah and it's just like yeah, that kind of like that humor the way that he kind of just reacts to it i think is really um you know you know, the experience he has as a comedic actor is there, but also it just is a fun little bit that's kind of, you know, something to kind of like zoom in on and, and sort of, you know, be fascinated by. But yeah, I think the greatest strength of this movie is its restraint. I think that it finds a way to kind of really embellish on suburban life and what that means for somebody who's had sort of a very uh, juxtaposed sort of position before that. And then that backstory of kind of being the ultimate sort of, you know, killing machine, an army of one and how that kind of changes where he wants to change. He wants to kind of settle down and live a quiet life, but there's still something inside him that kind of feels that excitement, that adrenaline when put into a high risk situation. And again, as the movie progresses and escalates and sort of goes from, you know, a home invasion to him taking on a Russian mobster, you're kind of like, yeah. how did we get to this moment? And and again, it goes back to the John Wick kind of thing where like Julian. Yeah, the 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 John Wick kind of aspect of Okay, so this is all about, you know, a dog basically sort of being the thing that it is the catalyst. This one being a cat bracelet. A kitty cat bracelet. Because if he had just left that well enough alone, it's it's almost like in the same sense, like in in No Country for Old Men, when Josh Brolin's the one kind of picks up that bag of money. If he just left the bag of money there in the desert, he would have been fine. But because he picks that up, that's his death sentence. And not that it's a death sentence for for Hutch. It's just like you know that things are going to escalate in some manner or, or get worse or or sort of put you in a position where it's like, okay, well, you didn't really need to be here. And and again, going back to sort of that that mundane kind of, you know, kinetic editing of showing you the, you know, the day in the life being repeated over and over again. I mean, you just rewatched um 
you know, the, the majority of Edgar Wright's movies, there's something yeah. that's very similar in that style where like you'll see in Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz where like it, it really highlights sort of the banal and the uninteresting and sort of like an action packed kind of way um, yeah, that, yeah. that you really kind of dig into. Motherfucker needs to put his garbage out the night before. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you can't, you can't do that. You can't do that the day of like, come on, what, what do you expect? Um, so uh, the director of this movie, uh, Ilya, uh, new uh, Nay uh, Schuler um, also directed yeah, Nye Schuler, Nye yeah, Schuler yeah. directed Hardcore Henry, and Hardcore Henry is all gimmick because it's a POV first person perspective, almost video game esque yeah. movie that played at Midnight Madness, and it's very gory, very violent. There are action flourishes in style in style throughout nobody but again it feels a little bit more restrained like it it uses the action sparingly or it uses sort of you know um cool action sort of beats and cinematography when it needs to without it kind of doing it throughout the entire thing which kind of made hardcore henry nauseating at times where it's yeah, just like I agree with that yeah. okay we get it you know like this is a style over substance thing and we're you know you're taking full advantage of this kind of video game-esque sort of you know expansion pack adaptation but um yeah I, I i was pretty much kind of down with it although visually speaking i was disappointed because this it's the same cinematographer who shot uh both ari Aster's, uh midsummer and uh hereditary uh powell uh Palavgoski. and um usually his you know visual sort of style and aesthetic is so well composed this just looks very cheap and digital uh for the most part yeah, I think it fits in that John Wick kind of look, right? Like, I, I feel like it kind of has a similar... But Wick uh, still has kind of, like, the neon sort of bathed lighting that kind of sets it apart, where this just kind of looks But maybe it's going, playing into that, that mundane kind Which of is thing, fair, maybe. but the action yeah. sequences don't necessarily feel like that. Yeah, I would say... Agreed. And I know we talked a little bit about the last act and we were, t- and I don't want to give too much away, but I do kind of like that it becomes a little bit more conventional at the end and you get kind of a ridiculous, kind of silly, violent, you know, action set piece in this tool shop with Christopher Lloyd, with Riza, uh, with Bob Odenkirk, with some great one liners and traps and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I was, I was kind of had fun with that last act, even if that's maybe the something we've seen time and time again but it was just fun seeing that strange like group of people kind of do yeah that. like the three people you'd at least expect to you know team up for for a sequence but it is perfect casting i think to have christopher lloyd uh play uh bob odenkirk's father and you know being a retired fbi agent in this and sort of living at a, an old folks home a retirement home um but him also still kind of having a little bit of that edge to him and that kind of bite to kind of you know ex- have an exciting life or, or kind of when well, he was the one who kind of pushes his son to, you know, kind of stop being, you know? Yeah. But again, I really like that stuff at the beginning of the movie where it yeah. all has to do with sort of the masculine sort of persona and like everybody yeah. that he comes into contact in the first act kind of walks over him and treats him kind of like this sort of 
weak sort of uh, male like everybody else and around he him can't is an tell anyone male. that he is a badass yeah like he can't the say next that door neighbor anyone. buying yeah. this sweet new car and kind oh, of you God, know, yeah. being this kind of like douchebag yeah and then yeah. again like the father-in-law and son-in-law kind of shout out to uh michael ironside yeah who yeah both christopher lloyd and michael ironside i haven't seen in in, in quite some time in a, a big kind of studio film um so it was nice seeing those guys again and, and getting to have a, a little bit of fun in, in their roles but yeah like i actually really liked sort of the idea of you know emasculating this guy who knows deep down inside that he's capable of kicking everybody kill any of them but yeah. his ass but he just can't and the only person he can really share that with is is rizza who's on a sentient uh, uh radio talking to him uh in his in his office so i kind of wish they stuck with him being a sentient radio but um uh, just to be weird, but it would be even better if he was a sentient radio in the third act with a sniper yeah. rifle. <laughs> yeah, it was great. No, but I like seeing Riza pop up too. Like, um, and yeah, it's just such a weird, you know, combo of people at that end that kind of makes that fight sequence, um, or that action sequence uh, a lot of fun. And the uh, the stylistic flourishes. Yeah, I agree with you that they are obviously restrained from um hardcore Henry, but I mean, there's still a lot of that in there. I mentioned the music choices, like with seeing the Metro card and the the music cue and the smash in that I talked about, or seeing Julian's name pop up like it was a day of the week. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, at the beginning, and, and then having this ridiculous karaoke sequence in this club or whatever. And so there are a lot of just like weird stylistic kind of elements that kind of keep you engaged throughout the mundane elements of that, you know, the first act Um, and not saying that those mundane elements aren't interesting as Eric. They're probably the most uh, interesting part of a movie like this, because again, like it is playing into the tropes of we mentioned John Wick, but also I thought a little bit about um, like true lies even as well, where you have, although again, like I feel like, you know, you look at as much as I love true lies, you look at Schwarzenegger and you're like, okay, this guy just even, you know, him, you know, pretending to be a civilian looks like he could kick your ass where Odenkirk really does work quite well as that guy that is unassuming and just kind like of a passive dad. Yeah. yeah. Blends into the rest of the crowd and is just not even really that sort of memorable in any way. And, and, and then all of a sudden he turns on this switch. So it, I mean, there, it would have been nice to have a little bit more with him and Connie Nielsen and sort of kind of maybe right. showing their relationship because obviously she knew who he was and it wasn't kind of like a situation like a history of violence where Maria Bello discovers, you know, that Viggo Mortensen's character is all of a sudden, you know, a a former gangster part of a a mob. But again, that would be, a different story because it's all from well, the perspective of Well, it almost seems like him. she's disappointed in him as well for just kind of, you know, fading into obscurity or whatever, yeah. right? Because they're having marriage troubles and you don't necessarily know why throughout it. But just because he's kind of, you know, been emasculated or just felt like he's just doing the same shit every day, they've had trouble. So, yeah, I did find that interesting. But, yeah, they don't do they don't go very deep on that. Right. Cause she's also at um, one point, um, you know, basically cleaning him up when he's been badly uh, injured and sort of sewing him up. So like you get this idea through one little scene that like, you know, they met in Italy and, and the idea that, uh, you know, that's kind of where she found out who he was and things like that. So she's not surprised by, it. but again, it's from the point of view of him sort of dealing with this home invasion and then him getting the family into, 
a lot more trouble and, and sort of a dangerous situation and him trying to, you know, untangle the situation. So it's not necessarily sort of a, a co-lead thing, like the way that True Lies is with Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis and Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it is the same idea where you have a character who, you know, has a, a hidden life, a secret past kind of trying to conceal that or you know like he's he's out of the game but there's still something deep down inside of him that yearns for a little bit of action he's craving something a little bit more and i think that that's kind of the fun of this movie and again i think it all really you know hinges on all, hutch yeah. and and sort of you know and Bob it all comes back to the man i even like the commentary on the man cave you know yeah <laughs> like it's got this safe house um i i dug the movie then the more i talk about it the more i liked it i um so i'm going to give the movie a, a three and a half out of five I, I i dug it i don't think it's spectacular by any means but um i had a lot of fun with it. i'm gonna give it a solid four i i really had a good time with this movie and it's not like a masterpiece or anything but i think that you know for that style of filmmaking, it actually works really well, and it's weirdly mature, especially because of the you know the people that it's coming from. You would think like yeah. they would take every advantage to be as maybe profane as possible, or you know, it's just down low, kind of dirty, kind of stuff. But this is actually really well done for what it yeah, is. You cool. know, totally agree. Um, if you're looking for some more uh, Connie Nielsen, you can check out our review of Justice League right now, which is on this channel. Uh, and then if you're looking for more uh, Derek Kolstad, we have a review for the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which you can also check out on this channel. Uh, we also have a review out for the first three episodes of Invincible, Amazon's original animated adult animated series. So please go check that out as well. Um, and tons of other reviews that you guys can check out on this channel. Uh, as Eric mentioned earlier, please go subscribe to the Untitled Movie Podcast, which is our kind of flagship show where we kind of talk about what's going on in the entertainment industry, trailers, news, uh, some festivals that we, you know, kind of went to. <laughs> Um, so if anyone's if anyone's looking for our south by southwest coverage which we talked about we will talk about on the newest episode of untitled movie podcast kind of where we netted out there um, we will have our impressions of that festival some of the movies that we saw we just decided the way that it kind of ended up um yeah the way that it kind of ended up it made more sense to just put that in its own episode on the untitled movie podcast rather than doing individual reviews and we'll get into the whole story and and our impressions of that festival over there so go check out the newest uh, draft of the untitled movie podcast that should be up for you guys in the next uh, couple days or so by the or it might be up depending on when you're listening to this um uh also i think that's all i have to plug i don't think there's anything else so um thank you all for listening uh we really do appreciate it go follow uh untitled movie podcast on all those social medias at untitled underscore cast and if you would be so kind drop us a review on your podcast service of choice it really kind of helps us out um as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. and i'm eric marchin you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at em6211 until next time you're a heartbreaker good music choice